Mr. Barry Coleman on another episode of Understanding the Nursing Game Podcast. I've got a special guest with me today, but before I get to my guest, let's go to the quote of today. And the quote of today is, everything happened for a reason, but they all listen. That's Lil Boosie. So hey, with life, throw those uh, curveballs your way. You know, just, just sit back, relax, and just know that everything happened for a reason, and guess what? It's all going to work out in the end. Roll with the punches. There you go. Roll with the punches. There you go. Now, um, I would like to uh, introduce my guest. Um, her name is Miss Talaya Johnson. How are you doing today, Miss Johnson? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Tell everybody where you're from. I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, born and raised. All right. Now, um, I got a few questions. Are you watching uh, the women's basketball game tomorrow? Tomorrow? I'm going to tap in. Okay. All right. All right, then. You been watching them this year, or are you just not catching up? I, whatever clip I see on TikTok, that's what I see. But sitting down, sitting down, watching it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, then. I don't really watch TV. Oh, you don't really watch TV? Oh, mm-hmm. what you do then? Work. <laughs> Work. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to get to that. Now, tell everybody what got you into nursing. What got me into nursing, well, one, you know how when you're young and ask you what you want to be, doctor, teacher, lawyer, nurse. Nurse was just my thing. And um, the moment that I knew I could be a nurse, my great-great-grandmother, she stayed with us for a little bit. And we had to, she was bed-bound and, um, you know, she had like home health agencies come in and sometimes they wouldn't turn her the right way, you know the whole nine that it is with like home health agencies. So um, we had to do a lot of hands-on care with her. And um, I remember she had like really bad bed sores from uh, her aide not turning her. And it was so bad that it was to the bone. And I was like, I probably was like six, seven years old in the room with my mom doing the wound care on her. And like, you know, it didn't freak me out. Like it was interesting to see. My mom was like, oh, well, if you could see this, then you could see anything. And I was like, you're right. And then just ever since then, like, I knew I wanted to be a nurse. And that's just what I did. Like, I was smart in school, so I never had any roadblocks. Like, my grades were good, got scholarships, and I just went all the way through with it. Oh, wow. See, it's always seemed like uh, people, nursing kind of choose people. You know, most yeah. times people don't really, uh, nursing isn't the first career that most people choose, but it's always a family member, an auntie, or somebody yeah. around mama that uh, kind of get um, people into nursing. Now, with all of that being said, uh, I want to uh, delve into that, uh, your great grandma living with you and being bed bound. How did that make you feel when you saw, you know, a loved one? And in, in, in that condition, and then mm-hmm. she wasn't being taken care of properly. 
So like at that time, I don't remember exactly, but like I said, I think I was like maybe six or seven. So I didn't really have like true, true understanding. Like, okay, this is going on because she's not being turned. And then even taking it a step further to what I know about the body now, she was breaking down like that because she was ending towards life. Like she was like 80 something years old. So she wasn't eating properly. You know, it was more than just a turn. So I wasn't, I wasn't processing out of that at the time. And, you know, like it was, it was misfortunate. Like it was messed up that that was happening to her, but I don't know, like still looking back on it now, like I don't remember feeling sad or angry with anyone. Like I remember just, being grateful that she had somebody like me and my mom to be there to still clean it up, like to still do right by her, to still go sit in the room and talk to her. So I don't even remember even having any ill feelings towards it, honestly. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, um, while you was in high school, you know, you kind of, you had that experience early on in life. You got to high school. Did you go to university? I went to, I went to Southern. The Southern University. <laughs> okay. The Southern University. Okay. Now, I, I always thought I was going to go down there at one time, period. I, I don't know. It was just always uh, one or two ladies that I, I liked, and then they went down there, and I was like, man, I need to get down there to Southern. Tell people about your experience at Southern and, and the HBCU experience. So my experience at Southern was, it was fun. Like it was a little different because of COVID. So I graduated from high school in 2018. I started, I got on the yard. I graduated May 2018 and I was on campus in the dorms June 2018. It's a whole nother story. But I did, yeah, I did summer school. I stayed on campus. So right then and there, like I kind of got to get the feel of like how things were getting adjusted to uh, to campus life, like, before all the other freshmen came in in August. And, you know, it just got to show me, like, what the classes were like. It just, you know, just how all of that was. And I got to meet some upperclassmen. And still to this day, I talk, I talk to a lot of them. And, um, I don't know, it just kind of put me at an advantage. Like, I, I had connections and new people before everyone else that came on in August. So by the time August rolled around... I did a whole bunch of stuff on campus. I was in SGA. I did pageants. I was on Royal Court. I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. I was in nursing school. I've gotten a nursing sorority. So I did the whole, I did the whole nine. Like anything that I wanted that caught my eye, I did it because that's just what I wanted to do. Like I know, I knew that after these four years of college, baby, it's the real world. So I'm about to have, I'm about to have my fun. Um, yeah. So COVID came 2020 and that was different. That was my first semester in nursing school. So like I said, it was, it was different. Like from starting from, so from January, from March, I kind of had like a regular nursing school experience. But then after March, everything was just so different. It was different being at home and it was different, like trying to study the information. It was, you know, it was just different. And even then it's like just certain stuff. I feel like I kind of got robbed out of from nursing school because like, I like, I like a challenge. Like, and I think that some things we just, we didn't get to experience because we were online. Like, 
because some things had to kind of get dumbed down because it's, it was only virtual or certain experiences that even people in nursing school are getting now, we didn't get to get. You get what I'm saying? So, but overall, it was it was fun. I'll do it again. I'll go back and do it again. Okay. Okay, then. Now, I heard you said that you was, uh, you know, you was part of SGA. You was a Delta, uh, things of that nature. Seemed like you was a individual that liked to stay busy and stay active on uh, on campus. Yeah. Uh, to those that's listening in, tell me the reason why you wanted to become a Delta. <laughs> so the reason, uh, the reason I wanted to become a Delta, it was their presence on campus and just what what the sorority stands for. Period. Like sisterhood, scholarship, service. It just goes to show you, like these women. Well. It was these women now. I am that woman now. But, you know, at the time when I wasn't, she's like, okay, well, these women, they have lives like they're in school, they're studying, but they're also finding time to give back to the community. They're also finding time to be a great sister to one another. And it just it just opens up so many doors, like even being an SGA, even anything that's non-Greek related, simply being a Southern University alum. Like it always opened doors. It's uh, different networking and just different programs. It was Delta is so much bigger than your chapter on campus. Like it's so many different opportunities that's going on in the world. Then, you know, you kind of come up and you pay attention like, okay, well, this teacher is really good. This teacher does this. Okay, this teacher is a Delta or you're running across just different women in Delta and they're leaving impacts on you and they're always going the extra mile. So that's it. So I joined and it's the best. So I joined only only the best. All right, Aiden. I'm glad you said all of that. I kind of figured um, you know, you're gonna pivot towards the networking part. And that's that's really a lot of uh life. It's not what it's not what you know, it's who you know. I try to tell people that all the time. Like, Brother Coleman, I don't know nobody, I don't, I don't know much in this world, but I can make phone calls and we could try to find out, you know, who I need to go talk to or, or who can give me the answer. So it comes down to that network and that's, that's always a big thing. And you said even on to the standpoint of, you know, you ran across a Delta that's an instructor. That could be the difference between passing and failing. Yep. All the time. So, uh, you know, and um, now that you said that, why you was in nursing school? We're going to dive out into that. I know you had some... Uh, trials and tribulations uh would you like to share some of your your good moments and your bad moments because we can learn from the bad too so i don't do the good first so i mean my good moments in nursing school um i got really close friendships out of them like i met some really great people and um we just went through it together we graduated together same thing everything is always networking like having professors who've done different things in nursing or just simply being in that Susan alum base where just automatically, even if I don't know you, I see you on the street, you a nurse. Oh, I graduated from Southern. Oh, me too. Now we're going to automatically have a connection. It does. It doesn't even matter. My, my biggest thing, like I said, it was just different. It was just different with COVID and it was just certain um, certain things that we missed out on, like certain clinical experiences. 
like I said, I like a challenge. Like it gives me a rush. Like it just gives me a rush to have to like go to skills lab, go to this lecture, go do this. Like it make it was it makes me mad while I'm doing it, but like I still know that it's all for a reason. And everything is all a part of the journey, and it still makes you a better person, a better nurse, and you're able to. You know, it just be, it just builds you up. You don't know, realize that the that the trials and tribulations you're going through are building you up, but the, but they are. You that's why you're the person that you are. And then my senior year, I was pregnant, so I went through my I went through my last year of nursing school pregnant, and I had I had my baby in March, and then I graduated in May. So that's the that was the biggest the biggest thing. Okay, all right then. Now, um, I have I had an interview of. A few nurses that was uh, pregnant while in nursing school. Um, you know what? What's some words of advice to those that might become pregnant while in nursing school? What's some words of advice you would give them? I would say, you know your capabilities. To me, if you know that you won't be able to balance it, it's okay to sit out because the only reason I didn't sit out is because um, it was my it was my senior year. Found out I was pregnant. July 2021, and I graduated. I was graduating May uh, 2022. So, but if if I had been pregnant any point before that, I feel like I would have just went ahead and um and set out just because it was it was a lot um when it came when I actually had the baby, and then was still trying to finish up school. That was a lot, and even I had a very smooth pregnancy, no complications didn't throw up not one time throughout my pregnancy, like barely had any symptoms. So the actual school part while I was pregnant was was fine. I was really tired though and having clinical all the time. But one of my other classmates, you know, she um she had a complication and was always in and out the hospital, always throwing up a lot. So that that made a difference. So I would just say know your cap- know your capabilities. Um, if you feel like you can do it, if you really could do it, go ahead, go ahead and do it. You just have to you just have to set yourself up for it and plan for it. Like especially my graduating semester, I did all of my assignments from January to March because I knew like okay, my due date in March. I don't know how this is gonna go. So if there's anything I can get knocked out the way right now, I will. And I was able to, I, w- I wasn't able to be out for too long because I, you know, I still had to do, have to have certain hours to graduate, but academically and like little assignments online, if it was something that I could knock out, I went ahead and um, I went ahead and knocked it out. And I don't know, I feel like being pregnant just, I don't know if it gave me an, an extra reason or if it gave me drive, but like that was the best that I did in nursing school. I was making A's and B's on exams. Like I was tired, but it's just like, okay, I got to do this because I'm thinking, all right, well, if I fail this class now, instead of me having a two month old and being a nurse, like I'm going to be retaking this class. He's going to be growing. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. So um, just do, do what's best for you. And then it's best to have people in your corner, like a good support system. Cause if I if I didn't or you know if you don't have a support system, just realistically, who's gonna watch your child while you're in clinical? Who's gonna watch your child while you have to go up here and take an exam? While you have to study? So I I had a support system, and that's the only reason I was able to go through my pregnancy and still have him and still graduate on time. And that's good. That's good. Good advice, right there. Now, uh, you know, you graduated. You got your son. Your newborn. 
you know, um, how did you prepare yourself for the ink list? So I used Hearst and I just I started studying as soon as I finished school. I think I went to the Hearst Review graduation it was with Friday. I went to Hearst Review on Monday. So I was really, I was just trying to get it out the way. I'm like, let me go ahead. I just said to my friend, like if I if I go ahead and study, it's like as soon after graduation, like it's gonna already be in my head. So I just had to wait on the ATT form to uh, schedule my test. And I just did a little bit every day. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like hard up studying, hard not I wasn't like too, too locked in because I just I wanted to give myself some grace. Like, okay, you know, you're not in school, you got you got your degree, you just have to get the license. Like if you weren't able to get the license, if you weren't capable of passing this test, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have got the BSN, you wouldn't have gotten a degree. So I wasn't too too hard on myself. Like if I felt tired, I didn't study that day. If I felt that that little extra rush of energy, like, okay, I'm excited, like I'm I want RN, let me study. That's what I did. And I passed um first try, seventy five questions. It was less than a month after graduation. Oh man. Yeah, I'm picking up that you're a very motivated woman. Yep. Um Always, since so, I've been like that. Okay, okay, then that's good. That's good. I hope you keep that trait throughout your uh, your life. I hope I pass it down. I hope I pass it down to my son. <laughs> mm, well, you know, um, I'm a parent as well, and they say um, model behavior is uh, is the best way to teach a child. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, as long as you exemplify that uh, type of behavior, I'm sure he's gonna pick it up. Right. So, um, you know, you graduate, you prepare for the English, you pass it. Tell everybody what position you have right now. So I work um, I work in the emergency room as a nurse, registered nurse, and I just started um, at an IV hydration clinic. So you got two jobs. Yeah. I think I've always, I, since I've been a nurse, I think I pretty much always had two jobs because I used to do wound care at a nurse home. <laughs> Okay, I ain't no wrong with that. That's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Beautiful thing. Okay. So uh, as an ER nurse, 2022, 2023, you know, uh, tell us, describe for the audience your typical day in the emergency room. So my typical day, I come in to work. I just got off a night shift, so uh, I'm on. I'm back on days. Typical day, I come in, get report. ER ratio is supposed to be four to one. Heavy on supposed to be, but I uh, get report um, on my patients. Uh, the first thing I do is I go in, lay eyes on my patients. In ER, we do focused assessment. So like the whole head to toe in nursing school, oh, let me see the inside of your mouth. Let me see the inside of your ears. Like we don't do out of there. Like if you're coming in for abdominal pain, I'm not looking at what your toes look like. Like that's just that's just real. In nursing school, they made head to toe assessments so intimidating. But we do focus assessments in the ER. So yeah, I'm getting my vital signs. I'm getting my um just doing my assessment. And most of the time, the assessment I used to be really really intimidated by assessments. But assessments are so easy. Me and you being on the phone right now, like you're assessing me. I'm assessing you. You're looking at my face. You're seeing what my hair is like. You're seeing how I'm talking. So simply just talking to the patient. Hey, my name is Talia. What brought you to the ER today? Tell me Tell me what's going on. When did this start? Like, that's enough. You're seeing your patient talk. Um, 
you see that they don't have any slurred speech or, you know, whatever it is. So that's the first thing that I, I do. And that's just so I can get my baseline, because if your patient starts declining, how do you know what the baseline was if you never went in and laid eyes? Um, what my preceptor taught me was the charting and stuff can wait. Like, don't get so caught up in like, okay, well, I need to go look into the chart. I need to go read the chart. Because while you're reading that chart, your patient could be in there not breathing, not alive, and, and you wouldn't even know. So, you know, just go lay eyes on them. Uh, then I come back, see if there's anything that needs to be done. It pretty much like with ER, it's, just, it's real repetitious. Like we turn over rooms really quickly. Like it'll be some, it'll be a lot of shifts where my rooms, I didn't flip them over plenty of times. So um, if it's a brand new patient coming in, you know, they're coming in, I'm, I'm triaging them. The point that I'm at now, like I automatically know, like if you're coming in for abdominal pain, we have a lot of um, autonomy in the ER, so I don't have to wait for the doctor to put orders in. You're coming in for abdominal pain. I know we're going to need a urine stump on you. I know you're going to need an IV because I'm going to have to give you fluids and medications. I know I'm going to need blood work from you. So what I do, you have to work smarter, not harder. You coming in for abdominal pain, okay, let me start my IV, pull my blood back, leave it at the bedside. So now when the doctor puts the orders in... Either if I'm busy doing something, either one of the other nurses can go grab it for me or I could just go label it and grab it and go versus I didn't triage my patient. Okay, you have an abdominal pain. All right. You say you in 10 out of 10 pain. All right. Doctor be in to see you. And now the doctor is in another room and he doesn't get to come see that patient until 20 minutes. Then after he talks to the patient, he goes into another patient room. So now he found it and set his desk and put the orders in. And my patient did be here for 45 minutes. Okay, well, now I'm in another patient room and this patient have orders. I'll get to it. So, you know, it's just, you works, like I said, works smarter, not harder. Um, just depending on, it's, it's really just depending. Every day in the ER is different depending on what they're coming in for depending on if they start declining. Um, sometimes you may have to do transfers. Um, it's just different things. The way, just like I said, my patients in the ER is kind of like step by step. Uh, you come in for your complaint, we do a workup based off those results. That's going to determine what the next steps are. So that's it. I love the ER. I love, I love the chaos. It's organized, organized chaos. Like I love running around like a chicken with his head cut off because at, at the end of the shift, I'm like, oh, that shit whooped my ass, but I had fun. Like, I learned a lot. Like, you learn a lot, and you learn a lot in the ER. So, I love it. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, that's beautiful. Sound like you got yourself uh, organized, and you got a routine. Yeah. A baseline. I, I try to tell the nurses, like, you should do, like, close, cluster care. Yeah. When you go in there, you go in here, you knock out whatever you want to do. Yeah. And then after that, you can go back. You, hey, you can, you can all fill it with your thumb if you want to. Yeah. And like sometimes I feel bad when I see like the other nurses, like they be like still running around or didn't chart anything. And I'm like, I'm like, well, damn, like, is it something that I didn't do? Like, why I'm chilling and everything on my patients done and you running around crazy? Like, but I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you have those shifts where the I, I try to be out the door. I get off at seven o'clock. I'm leaving at seven o'clock. Like, I try my best, but, you know, sometimes every once in a while um, I do have to leave a little later because I have to catch up on charting. But that's literally like a cold came in right before a chip change or, you know, something something went downhill. A psych patient is psyching and 
I'm having to chart and fill out a whole bunch of paperwork like in those circumstances. But on a regular day, if everything is going good, you why are you why are you leaving uh, after your shift? I agree with you. Some you know everybody's gonna have them good days, bad days, but overall though, you should be leaving on time. Yeah, you should be leaving on time. You know, six o'clock that you're supposed to get off in about forty five minutes to an hour, so you need to start. All right. Up. That's right. That's right. All right, then. So uh, now, be honest with you. I've been doing nursing for uh, for a little while, about 10 years. And um, I don't really see a lot of nurses in a specialty area. I, I'm not saying a lot of nurses. I mean, a lot of um, minority nurses in specialty areas. Yeah. Uh, one, the biggest thing, I work in the operating room, and you said you work in the ER, how was you able to attain that uh, that job in the ER? Did you go through a registered program or you just applied? I just applied and I knew that it was a specialty, so I applied months in advance. I, I was I was applying for jobs months in advance. I think I was applying when I was uh when I was in that last set of med surge and I found out I passed, I think I was applying then, like Cause I just knew I know that it's hard for minorities to get into specialties, and I know that we don't really have all the all of the connections and all of the doors that some other nurses have. Um, so yeah, I just I just started applying. Um, I feel I used to apply to a bunch of different jobs to kind of familiarize myself with the interview process. And then I have a friend that works in HR, so like she kind of helped me out with like interviews and stuff and star methods and. What always uh, makes me stand out in my interviews, which I didn't, I didn't know this. Um, nurses go to interviews and in scrubs, but I go to interviews in business. They always told me like, "Oh, you didn't have to, you didn't have to wear this. You didn't have to dress up for me. You could have just wore your scrubs." So I go the whole nine in a suit and heels and everything, and they just always say I shocked them and I surprised them. So I feel like first impression is is lasting. But yeah, I had I just I did interviews, practice. That was that was pretty much it. I feel like you know that's not a guarantee that you're getting to your specialty, but that's the things that we can do as minorities to kind of bump us up the ladder. Gotcha. Great, great advice. Great advice. All right. So uh, I know you only been a nurse for a year, but you sound like you you're very motivated. Five years from now. You know, where do you see your career going? I Honestly, I really do not. I really don't know. Because it's still like, you know, I sound motivated and everything, which I am very motivated. But I'm still like realizing how different nursing is from nursing school and just just how a lot of things in the hospital are in, how a lot of things with management are in, like. It's just, it's crazy. Like, I don't see how nurses did this for 30 and 40 years because I, I damn sure won't be doing that. So I honestly don't know. When I first started, I said, yeah, I'm going to just have to, I'm going to just have to go with the flow with this nursing shit because I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Whatever the Lord see me, I was just like, let me just, I'm going to just worry about getting adjusted and learning how to be a nurse, being being a good nurse, not killing nobody, not making no medication errors. I'm just worried about that. And then, you know, when God opens up a door for me, give me an opportunity, I'm going to take it. So five years from now, 
I don't know. Like, I'm going to have to write myself a letter to my five-year-old nurse me to read back on it because I don't know. Like, I wanted to be an MP, but now I don't know if I want to be an MP. wanted to do CRNA. Like, now that I have a child, I don't think that I would go back and I would go back and do that. Like, I don't I don't know. Good question. Ex- All right. Give me in five more years. <laughs> let's, let's see where I'm at. <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right, then. So uh, to those that listening in, you know, that's thinking about doing nursing, what's some advice that you would give them? If you're thinking about doing nursing, don't just let it be a thing like, oh, I'm doing nursing. And then that's it. You're going about your, going about your life, not doing any research, not knowing what. I'm, I'm not saying you have to know exactly what type of nurse you would want to be, but what I always tell people, even when people say, oh, I want to own, I want to own a business. I want to be an entrepreneur. Okay, what are you doing right here, right now, that's gonna help you get to that goal? If you want to be a, if you want to be a nurse, you want to get into nursing. Tell me what you did today or what you've done in the past few days that lets yourself know you're serious about it. Just like if you're a high schooler, why are you saying you want to be a nurse but you never looked up the programs that the university that you want to go to have? Like you haven't done any research. Why are you a freshman in college? saying that you want to be a nurse, but you don't even know what the admission requirements are to get into the nursing program. You don't know what classes you need to take because you, you're relying on your academic advisor. And even as a nurse, as a nursing student, why are you saying you want to be an ER nurse and you, you're not applying to anything? You never tried to get on as an ER tech. And even even as a nurse, it, it can always go up. Anything that you're saying, anything it is that you want to do, you need to be doing something to to work towards that goal. Because time gonna fly, time gonna fly. You're gonna look back, and it's all all, all you're gonna be in the deal with said, and ain't got no motion. <laughs> so I mean, just <laughs> like seriously though, if it's something if it's something that you want to do, make your end goal and and. Figure it out in between. Actively work towards that every day. And if that's what you want to do, don't let nobody tell you no. You f- you figure it out and and you do it. You try your best. Hard work pays off. Even if that means cutting people off, saying no, not doing things. Do whatever it takes to to get to your goal. Beautiful advice. <laughs> I hope they uh, heave to it, as they say. All right. So uh, we at the end of the interview. I like to ask like some rapid fire questions uh, at the end. So when you're riding in to the ER, who you like to listen to? Who I be listening to? I ain't gonna lie. Lately, I, lately I've been listening to gospel music. I'm not lying. Nothing wrong with that. I've been listening to gospel music. I get I get baptized tomorrow, so I just been real in in the spirit. That's a beautiful thing. And then it'll it'll do it to you. Like some of them shifts, will just have you so all over. It's like okay, God. I need you. I need you to sit my mind right for this shift. Like, okay, maybe if I listen to gospel music on the way to work, I'm gonna have a good shift today. Like, I'm not going to get pissed off. So lately, I've been lately I've been listening to gospel. But if I'm not, uh, some sometimes I listen to bounce music because it just give me give me lit. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, um, since you said you you getting baptized tomorrow on Palm Sunday, give me your uh, favorite gospel song. I like his eyes on the sparrow just because I I love uh I love Lauren Hill. And when I heard her sing that in Sister Act, 
I listen to it a lot when I kiss eyes on the sparrow. Catch, catch. Yeah. All right then. So um you mentioned like, you know, you all uh, doing while you was in nursing school, you had COVID, COVID happened while you was in nursing mm-hmm. school and everything. What some things you did for fun during that time period? We had nothing fun. We was on lockdown. <laughs> we had nothing fun. What I did, get them unemployment checks and ate, and ate food because there's nothing open but food places. Yeah, I didn't do anything for fun. Everything, everything was shut down. And I still was in school, so it wasn't much. It wasn't much going on with uh, with COVID. I got you. I got you. Oh, I know, I know you are uh, saved and sanctified. Are oh, you going to be saved and sanctified tomorrow? What kind of daiquiris? Hey, what what can I go to get a good daiquiri in uh, Beirut? I get my daiquiris from a uh, daiquiri cafe. Daiquiri cafe. Daiquiri daiquiri cafe, and then if you want to be like flat out maxed out end zone, they just they strong end zone. Okay, okay. But I like I like daiquiri cafe though. It's it's like that it's that balance. Like you know, it's not weak. But it don't have you just end zone. Last time I had an end zone decker, I was sitting in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Now, uh, since you're a mom and you was in nursing school, I got to, uh, and, and you work well, you, you work now as a mom. I want to know how you balance, you, you know, your work life with your home life. The best thing I could put there, people always say, I don't know how you do it, but we don't have a choice. So like I don't like I don't have a choice. Like I I plan out my days beforehand. That's pretty much it. Like I take I take it day by day. I just seen a post on Instagram was like uh people say, I don't know how you do it. Shit, me either. <laughs> like I just I just I don't know. It gotta be done. He look he looking up to me. If done about it, if I don't do it, then it won't get done for him. So, you know, he can't do things. I have to do them. I have to do it for him. So I just I just get it done. Like plan out my day the night before, you know, if I have to get up at a certain time, get myself together, get him together, feed him, drop him off here, go to work. Like I just I just do it. Don't complain about it, cause, you know, this this what I gotta do. Gotcha, gotcha. So I think I feel I think I balance it pretty well. I, I think you're doing just fine. Thank you. All right. Now uh name one thing you would tell your younger self. It gets better. Everything, everything gets better with time. You think it's the end of the world, but it's not. It's not the end of the world. All right. So uh name one nurse that should be on my show. And if you name, you gotta help me get them. Any any Southern University nurse, any suicide grade, because we the best nurses. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to get a name from you uh, once we finish up, though. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Since you ain't, you ain't called nobody out. That's good, though. All right. Anybody you want to shout out at the end of, uh, end of this uh, interview that helped you along your, your journey from being, you know, coming from high school all the way to becoming a nurse? All of my, all of my teachers, specifically my guidance counselor, uh, my self grade year, Miss Elair. All of my nursing professors, especially my professors in my senior year, they helped me while I was pregnant. Shout out to my baby, K2, my boo. Shout out to God. Wouldn't be possible without him. And anybody that ever watched my baby, anybody that ever asked me any type of nursing question and just helped me, 
helped me on this journey. Shout out to you. All right. Hey, it's been a great interview. To everybody that's uh, tuning in, uh, you can find us on Instagram, Understand the Nurse Game Podcast. And I want you to share this episode with your friends and family. And hey, you've been locked into another episode of Understand the Nurse Game Podcast. Thank you.